Hey, friend. Hey, friend. And hey to all of our new girlfriends that have joined in to listen. This is the Pam and Gina podcast, where us as best friends share our experiences from our own 10 year plus friendship. We open up our friendship to you, our listeners, on how we navigate the womanhood experience, the sisterhood experience, and how to maintain strong friendship ties with our crazy busy lives. And remember, these combos are based on our own personal experiences, so no professional advice is being given. Mm-hmm. So don't tell anyone that Pam and Gina told you to do it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so listen up, friends. Welcome back, listeners. You got your host, Pam, a.k.a. Sierra. Follow me on Instagram at Sierra Not Sierra. And Gina, a.k.a. Toria. You can follow me on Instagram at Creole underscore me. All right, guys. We are back, friends. Back. Oh, my God. We are back and it is Money March. Yes, we are talking all things finances. And you've already heard me and Tori get on here and tell our business. And we're not telling any more about our financial business. The Fed's watching. They watching. Be fresh as hell if the Fed's <laughs> watching. But what we do have today is a very, very special guest. Childhood friend. You know, the originator of Sim Player. She put me on. So forever grateful, sis. But we have Diana King here, who is the creator of Money Boss Mama. And if you have not heard of her yet, you need to go and check out her YouTube and Instagram pages, her website. Her whole brand is Money Boss Mama. And why does she do it? She does it to shift the money and mindset of other single mothers like herself or other people who just want to get better at their finances. She is a single mother of two and this is her do it my way money and mindset coach. She stumbled into the personal finance world after signing up for an auto loan that well took one of her bi-weekly paychecks okay and after becoming debt free on a moderate income she's now on a mission to help other single women maximize their nine to five income to get out of debt and build wealth using a behavior based budget and so we want to say welcome diana welcome diana yes girl okay so first of all because we are childhood friends for real when i seen you doing youtube i was like okay diana jumped on there watched a couple videos i said whoa whoa let me send this to my friends like <laughs> it was amazing girl so proud of you yes i'm Thank so excited you. about this episode just because of the perspective of being a single mother uh, I'm gonna get some gems today I can feel it <laughs> in the atmosphere so Diana where can our listeners find you so main platform is Instagram and that is money boss mama most of my social media handles are the same but I did just update YouTube that's just simply Diana Marie Diana with a Y and it's just still same content, personal finance, helping you budget, save, and pay off debt. Awesome. Awesome. Y'all go follow her, subscribe, like, all that. So, Diana, diving into it, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you've started your journey with the money mindset and parenthood. Yes. So, I am a, as Sierra put it, single mom of two and since we are childhood friends, we are from Little Arkansas, you know, small country state. 
What really thrust me into the personal finance world was my auto loan. So like many of us, I got trapped in this mindset of I've got to look the part. And so I went down this rabbit hole of thinking that I had to have, you know, the nice car, the apartment and the decor had to be up to par. And when I got my first debt, which was my auto loan, I could not afford it. And I knew dang well I could not afford it. So I was at Sonic Car Hop at the time. And that took one of my biweekly paychecks. My paychecks were only like $500 and my car payment was like $4.95. So doing that for a few years, I got pregnant with my firstborn. And you know, when the first child comes, like no one can prepare you for motherhood and what's to come. And so me trying to take care of myself and my child on one paycheck, I quickly realized like this was not going to work. And so out of desperation, I started going to good old Google and trying to figure out how can I get rid of this auto loan? And it like all came full circle. Like, girl, you got yourself into things you could not afford. And now here you are struggling to pay your bills, struggling to pay for your child. And it was more so a moment of like, okay, are we just going to sit here and let circumstances beat us down? Or are we going to try to figure out a way to you know, get to where we need to be financially so that you can parent the way that you need to parent. And so honestly, I'm self-taught. A lot of Google searches thrust me into the world of personal finance. And it's like, when you start researching something, you go down this rabbit hole, searching for terms, like you see terms you don't notice. And so I started to, as I learned, go online and that gained some traction. And then I just felt that I just needed to keep going because we don't see a lot of number one black women and single mothers or just single women in general, really showing that you can be financially savvy and have certain things, but being able to be financially responsible when it comes to it. That's awesome. And like you said, having the children is very eye-opening of what's required of actually mm -hmm. having that child. That's awesome. So I started off, it was a little blog called A Debt-Free Journey. And I started A Debt-Free Journey because I noticed a lot of the debt-free journeys that were shared online were from the perspective of two-income households where one could live off of the income of the other person. So there wasn't a space specifically for women that were working with a single income. A lot of them had husbands and a lot of them were making money from the blogs too. So that played a huge role, but here I am, I'm low income, I'm a single parent. And it's kind of like, especially when speaking to a lot of women that look like me, if we don't see it, we don't know that it's possible. And so debt is normalized, struggling is normalized. And so I have always been the type of person that's like going against the grain. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like I never grew out of that why mentality and like that rebel mentality. So I'm like, you know what? Obviously we're lacking representation. So I came to creating this website to keep me on track and accountable, but to also help people that came across my blog and their situation look like mine. And then Money Boss Mama was formed actually like three, four years after that, like three years after that, maybe two or three years. And that was intentional. So I gained some traction from a debt-free journey. 
noticed that, you know, there was a need here for me to continue sharing my story. And then Money Boss Mama was formed because a lot of people don't know that it stands for three different things. They just call me the Money Boss Mama. <laughs> but money is always number one for me. It got me to where I am. I wanted to be my own boss and I was a mom. So I joined like these three moving parts of me and what I wanted together to show women that you're a mom, but you should still have a sense of individuality and that you can be a boss and you can be good with money and just joined it all together to show them and like have something that they can reference to show that that this is possible. Those three things really just encompass you, the money, boss, and mama. And that's awesome because, like you said, speaking from your own journey and having to research it and getting perspectives that didn't kind of align with you and you working through that to share it to people who do look like you and who are in the same family dynamic as you so that they can actually have a source, a real live and breathe and source that relates to them. That's key. That's awesome. So how did the whole social media aspect fall into? Were you comfortable with it? Never in a million years would I have thought that I would be the person speaking to like thousands of people a day. Like, and Sierra knows. I'm an introvert. Leave me Hello. alone. I don't want to talk. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Leave me in my little corner. I ate lunch in the bathroom in the sixth grade. So social media <laughs> for me was, <laughs> it was interesting. And you know what? I kept myself small. I kept myself in a box for a very long time especially when it came to Instagram, because I figured that people would laugh at me from my hometown, just kind of like the dynamic of how it goes. And so finances is something, especially in our culture, where it's just not talked about. It's hush hush. And so if I'm coming to Instagram to share my debt totals, what I'm making, uh, you know, what I'm bringing in, what I'm paying out, people are going to be like, what the hell are you doing? Right, right. <laughs> Why are you sharing your business online? And I could hear like my relatives and everybody in the back of my head like why is Dinah sharing all her business online you know that's what they do in the south girl that's, that's what they that's do. what they do and so for me it was very difficult to step outside the box when it came to money boss mama but i had to keep my mission you know front and center like people need representation someone's going to need this information and the way that it took off that was a prime example of we needed this space but yeah, even still, YouTube and Instagram is something that I never really get used to. Right. And so I know you spoke a little bit about basically having the fear of being ridiculed for sharing your experiences from the hotel. Because, hello, if you're listening, you're not from the South, literally. Southern people, your aunts, your uncles, daddy, you don't tell your business, period. Right. You just struggle in silence. You don't say nothing. But what was your most intermediate support system like? Was it consist mostly of like your mom or was it like your friends or was it just kind of a me thing? Like no matter what, I'm going to go in. So I think I've gotten so used to just keeping everything tight lipped when it comes to what I'm doing. So even still, like with articles and everything that comes out, I still have not really told my family. They just kind of stumbled upon it like years later. So my support system was basically just me. Like I don't have a lot of friends, but what really kept me going was the strangers online. Like you're not going to find your people probably where you are in your community, because especially if it's like a small community that tends to transcend to like mindset, right? So 
we're stuck in this box. You kind of keep yourself a certain type of way to stay within the norm. And if you stray a little bit, then you become a threat. So what was crazy to me is to find that you get a lot more support from people who really don't know you and don't come from where you are. And that has been literally what keeps me going with Money Boss Mama is just the people that I've met online. So I got like my first hundred followers and from there it was like on and popping. Like they were literally just genuinely happy to see someone win and to see someone talking about something that they've been struggling with. So I really did not get it from anyone besides the women that were online. So I have a question because I watched one of your videos where you were saying that one of your videos went viral on Instagram and people were immediately saying like, oh no, I think it was about you saving money. And you were saying how you use your tax refund and people were saying, oh no, you're cheating. You're basically cheating. So with you, because you know, girl, I'm an introvert too. What? So (laughs) introvert, extrovert. But with that being said, how do you kind of like mentally stay set? Because, you know, the birds on social media can be vicious. Like, you know that you're doing a good thing. You're putting out good content, obviously, because you're getting followers. You're getting the reaction that you are manifesting. But how do you keep yourself leveled? Like, Oh, girl, that was the toughest thing for me. It's like the more you grow, the more you're subject to scrutiny. Like the more you're growing out of people's comfort level that they placed above you. Like once you grow past the level that they placed on you, like I said, then you become a threat and then you become a subject to be like ridiculed and nitpicked. Right. So for me, I really had to black out the noise. Like my personal social media accounts, those really had to go and I had to go inward. Like I had to become somebody that was extremely introspective. And that's kind of being an introvert, you know, you're living inside of your mind most of the time, like more than you are the physical world. So you kind of know yourself a lot more than maybe other people would because you're observing, you're very observant and you're analyzing everything. So for me, I had to really go inward and know who I was who I am, what are my intentions? Are they pure? Are they aligning with my values? And so I have to go back and circle back to those things. Whenever someone says something about me, that's not true. Like when that post went viral, people were losing their damn mind. Right. In the comments saying that I shouldn't be teaching women about money because using tax refunds or any type of windfall, it's not saving. And so my content had no value to them is basically what they were saying. But I know that from who I am and where my intentions were birthed, you know, I'm not trying to sway someone in the wrong direction. I'm just saying like, it may not speak to someone else that doesn't see that perspective, but as a creator, you know. So you know how to structure your message and you know how to structure your content. So I know for my audience, these are single women. A lot of them have tax refunds. A lot of them have stimulus checks. But guess what? They come to me and they're like, I have this extra money. What do I do with it? What do you think I should do? They're lacking that confidence and they're using it in ways that aren't moving the needle. So when I created that that reel, I had that at the back of my mind. Like I'm trying to help them with what they already have and it's birthed from a pure place. And so I'm not gonna say I don't get upset when they do that. Like part of me, you know, that part of me wants to be like, you know, jump in and and defend myself. But I like to go back to 
what my intentions were. And then one thing that really helps me as well is journaling. Journaling so I can come back to who I am without the outside world, without the influence. And to sum it up, you really have to know yourself so that you're not easily swayed when someone else tries to tell you about yourself. So I'm so excited about this episode just because, like you said, you can just relate to that type of lifestyle. So about your actual content on YouTube and Instagram and things of that, what are some of the topics that you cover? So I basically cover budgeting, saving money, and paying off debt. Those are my three main areas. And what I've realized in like the the most recent videos, you see kind of like vlog style. I've noticed that when it comes to short form content, like on Instagram, that works. It's easily digestible. You know, we have the attention span of a three-year-old. And so on YouTube, a lot of times they want to see those tips in action. And so I'm going more towards blog style, showing them how I'm doing it in my day-to-day. And I've had really good feedback from that because they're like, thank you so much for being transparent and showing me how you're actually doing this because I had the tips. I just didn't know how to execute. Right. That makes sense. It's like you're showing them the application to the process. Mm. So it can really mesh it in, help them really gel it in. So on your YouTube, what I found to be freaking awesome, not only, like we said, you're a single mom, but also you're young as well. You paid off almost $35,000 worth of debt by yourself. Like, girl, amazing. Teach me your way. Sensei. Okay. (laughs) And so if you can just kind of briefly talk about that journey, different things. Like I I remember you saying you had like a side hustle at one point. You were like, I don't like side hustling, but (laughs) it was necessary. Speak to us a little bit more about that debt journey, paying it off. And then also, girl, how did you feel? It had to be amazing. (laughs) (laughs) So... The first thing that I did for that journey was I prepped myself mentally. I feel like mindset is the foundation. If it's not right, if you feel like you can't really do it, you're going to self-sabotage every single time. So when I started up my debt-free journey, I did the first one. I quit because I let the naysayers tell me that living without debt wasn't possible. So when I started up the second time, I'm like, okay, look, we're going against the grain. You know, we don't ever let anybody dictate or set you know, our abilities, we're going to do that ourselves. And so I made sure that my mindset was right and I was going to do it by any means necessary before I started. And then I moved on to the budgeting. So I kind of see like the debt-free journey in like steps. First mindset, then budgeting. And then once you get that down, you go to strategizing and then executing. And so Budgeting is key. If you do not know where your money is going, it's probably not going to you and you cannot maximize what you have unless you know exactly what's coming in and what's going out. And, you know, a lot of us have money leaps that are happening, like fast food, shopping. We're always like, I don't know where my money is going. You got to find where it's going and it's going to hurt. But track your expenses tell your income what it needs to do. That way it gives you more control. You can apply it to areas that move the needle, even if it's 10 or $15. And so that's what I started with, applying an extra 15 to $30 to the debt that I was focusing on. And that carries me over to the importance of focusing on only one debt at a time. It's overwhelming. The whole journey is overwhelming. And when you have multiple goals, it's like your money is going into different areas and it's not concentrated enough. So you're feeling like, I'm not making progress. I'm not seeing anything happening. 
getting frustrated. And when you get frustrated, you quit. And then that's it. A lot of people don't make it to the end. And so for me, I focused on the debt that was causing me the most pain and anguish, which was my car loan. I knew I needed to get that thing down. So that's where I, I put a lot of my excess money towards that auto loan to get that down. And then once that debt started dwindling, I'm starting to get more money. Like the more debts you knock off, the more money that's going to be put back into your budget. And then you roll that extra money to your other debt. Right. And then from there, it became easy. It's like a trial and error process. Once you get through that hump and you start getting your hands dirty, figuring out what works for you and your behavior so you can stay consistent, then it's going to start getting easier and you're going to start trusting yourself to make decisions on your own. Like you don't have to use someone as a clutch. Like, what should I do with this? What debt should I start with first? What should I do with this money? Like, it's going to give you the confidence that you need to make your own decisions financially. And then at the end, I'll say with me, I didn't really feel anything. And that's something that a lot of people are like, what do you mean? But I didn't really feel anything when I became debt free. It was like, oh, okay, what's next? But I think that's because mentally I was on a journey for four long years and it was like a shock. Like my mind was refusing to believe that my debt free journey was over, but it's been about two years now. So I still don't really feel any difference, but when it comes to the extra money that I have, I will say that's 100% worth it. So what's like one simple, or I don't want to say just one, because I feel like you cover a lot. So if you don't know, you need to go on YouTube and make sure you follow her channel, Money Boss Mama, because she speaks truly about many aspects of finance and how you can budget. But if you could throw something out for the people real quick, what would you say like two ways that you budget now that keep you consistent? I think the main thing is that I make my budget behavior based. So going back to you absolutely must know yourself, know your triggers, know how you naturally behave when it comes to spending and applying that to your budget. So if you're someone that likes to eat out, I don't recommend cutting out eating out altogether from your budget. Just set an amount that aligns with your spendable income, what you can realistically afford, as well as what you will realistically spend. So as long as it fits within that amount, then it will help you to build consistency and stick to your budget because you don't find it so restricting. So generational wealth is something that, you know, a lot of people have tried to catch on to recently and, you know, is a big desire for their family dynamic. In regards to you being a parent, what does that kind of look like? What have you put into process or experienced on achieving, setting your children up for the future? So... First things first, I want to kind of go back to why generational wealth was like one of my main goals. I find that especially for the African-American community, we fall pretty much at the bottom when it comes to wealth, when it comes to income. You know, we have gaps in income. We have gaps in home ownership. We don't really have a lot of assets and we hold a lot of liability. But we fall very high when it comes to consumerism. And so obviously there's a gap there between just financial literacy, just us knowing how to manage our money. That's what that looks like to me when we're looking at the statistics. So for me, I knew that in order to change the trajectory of 
kind of where our finances were going in our family, it was up to me to make sure that number one, I increased my financial literacy and I instill what I learned in my children. I know that a lot of people tend to go towards the accounts that they have, but I feel that when it comes to what we're looking at, you've got to start with putting in your children what you wish that you learn. And so I want them to have a head start in regards to actually knowing, because I find that we just kind of thrust our children out into the world that revolves around money, but they don't have any knowledge. We didn't equip them with any financial literacy that they can use. And so they lose a lot of time. Like they have to go through this trial and error process. And unfortunately, many adults are still in that trial and error process. And in that time, we lose so much time that we needed to build wealth. And so even when we catch on, like, 30, 40, 50, we're near a retirement age and our money did not have a lot of time to grow. And so what it looks like for me is making sure my son, he's only four, but with my daughter, I make sure to teach her things in regards to budgeting and saving for what she wants, but at her age level. And so with her, I have her set up an investment vehicle that I like to use for her is the custodial Roth IRA. It acts just like a regular Roth IRA, which is an individual retirement account. I see it as a supplement to a 401k, especially if your employer allows you to have a 401k. But as long as the child has earned income, you can start saving money for them. I always recommend investment accounts because your money has a higher potential to earn. Whereas with a regular savings account, we're earning pennies on thousands of dollars. You're not going to get to where you need to go that way. And so like with an investment account, average rate of return is like 10%, which is a lot more. And so you're getting a lot more bang for your buck, but a lot of us don't know that, right? Right. And so for me, it was important to start early and stealing the knowledge in her, but also giving her a foundation through a Roth RA and a custodial account as well. That way she has something to fall back on when she becomes an adult. So to me, generational wealth is knowledge. You got to know how to maintain what you get. You can't just give them thousands of dollars. They may blow it if they don't know anything about money management. And then also giving them a strong financial foundation to stand on when they do come of age. It can be something as simple as, you know, five, ten thousand dollars that can help them go a long way, especially if you taught them how to make the money work for them. Right. My is that. You did. Yeah. And so you did mention on one of your videos about the five to nine college saving plan. Are you still doing that? Yes. So my daughter has three different accounts. She has a 529 plan, which is more so geared towards education savings. It allows you to save for higher education. But also if you have your child in like K through five or something like that, tuition, like if they're in private school, they have tuition, you can use it for that. But that was more so because student loans are eating us alive. And I wanted her to have something to where she would not need to depend on these loans that are going to cut so much into her earning potential when she does become an adult. Because I know a lot of us listening, we're told to go to school. We're told to get a degree. We think we're doing the right things. And a lot of us, like especially for single women, 
we go and we get an education because we think that this is the way to a higher quality of life for ourselves and our children, but then we're weighed down by the debt. Like we cannot make a dent in this debt and we're not able to really afford our day to day. And it's kind of like you've been bamboozled. Yeah. So 529 is a great way to save, not even for your kids, but for yourself. You can save for your cousin, whoever you want to be the beneficiary. And she has that 529 for custodial Roth IRA, which can also be used like for first time home ownership, medical expenses that weren't reimbursed. And she also has what's called a custodial account, more specifically an UGMA. That is the Uniform Gifts to Minors Act. And the UGMA is the one way that I'm using to gift them when they come of age. Because when they come of age, whether that's 18 or 21, depending on your state, then they become the legal owner of those assets. So it is invested in assets like stocks and bonds, but when they come of age, they have something to fall back on. They don't have to go in debt for a car. They don't have to go in debt for medical expenses. This is like a wealth of knowledge. And like you said, there's probably a lot of people that just are not aware. It's the financial Mm -hmm. literacy. If our parents have always done it for us and they hand us the keys or hand us the debit card, but we don't know how they acquired it or what the steps Mm -hmm. are to get it. I mean, we just are lost when it is our time to make that decision on our own. So with all this knowledge and your experience and, you know, the tidbits that you do provide your audience in the community, tell us about the Money Boss Academy. Okay, so the Money Boss Academy, it's a new online self-paced course that I created. And I created it around the pain points that I see that my audience is dealing with. I created it around when I was coaching one-on-one. I took everything that was going on with every single woman, their struggles, because a lot of it was the same <laughs> mindset, and put it, rolled it into a course that allowed them to be self-paced because I noticed that you know, three, four month coaching program, that is not enough time. It's not enough time. And behavior plays a huge role in money management, at least 80%. I say 90% when it comes to how you manage your money. And a lot of them need different timeframes. And so to be self-paced allows them not to feel so anxious because I noticed when we were checking in, they were like, you're going to yell at me. You're going to be disappointed in me because I went over budget or I didn't do this or I didn't do that. And you can't put everyone on the same time frame. Everyone processes things a different way. And we're trying to undo, what, 20 plus years of conditioning and three to four months time. And so what Money Boss Academy does, it takes them through three phases. One is mindset because that's the foundation of everything. If your mindset is not right, if it's not aligning with your goals and where you're trying to go, you're going to self-sabotage. You're going to use whatever it is that's happening in your life as a way to reaffirm your beliefs. If you did think you could do it, something's going to happen. You're going to be like, yep, that's why I couldn't do it. See, I told myself I couldn't do it. I told you I couldn't do it. This is why it's not going to work. You're going to reaffirm your beliefs that way. Right. So mindset is figuring out the triggers, your spending triggers, your beliefs, and rewiring them in a way that aligns with what you say you want to do. And then we go into budgeting. The main focus is budgeting because I find that's where a lot of people struggle, but it's to create a behavior-based budget, not just 
throwing in numbers, but one that aligns with your values, your goals, and how you naturally behave. And that takes about the bulk of the course. And then third is execution. That's the shortest phase, but that's the hardest phase, like actually staying consistent, disciplined and doing it. (laughs) And those were the three main things that I found that a lot of women that I come into contact with struggle. They really don't feel like they can do it. They don't believe in themselves. Their confidence is so low when it comes to money management. And that's because they live in the past. Like they're like, well, I blew this money or I messed this up or da, 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 da. And so they live in the past because those past feelings, they still navigate their finances through what happened back then and use it as a way to reaffirm why they can't really do what they're doing. And then they don't create a budget that's aligning with them and they don't have the discipline to stay consistent with it. So that's what Money Boss Academy really focuses on. I love that you created that. And especially because it's pre-recorded. I think you're right. If people can work at their own pace, well, let me say this, focused people can work at their own pace. (laughs) I do think it reduces that anxiety for sure. And also I was creeping on your website a little bit and I seen that you do offer payment plans for this. Yes. So there is one payment plan. I'm working on another one too, but it's less than $300. So it lets you divide it up between two months. I think that's awesome too, because even if someone couldn't outright afford it right then, it gives them something Mm -hmm. to save up to and know like, okay, let me start practicing budgeting by putting my $50 back to get this course. I just love how you speak on mindset because I think in all things, the mindset has to be right, regardless Mm -hmm. if it's money, goals, anything in life. And a lot of people do talk themselves out of things. Yes. They already feel defeated. And so that is the result. It just doesn't seem like you can accomplish that. And that's because you're going into it already just, you know, accepting that defeat. So I love that that is your first point. In everything you've said, you're always mindset is first. Mindset is first. And that is like so important. I love that. Yeah, I agree with you, Toria. Mindset, 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 mindset. And that's why I was saying, Diana, to you earlier, you know, when I knew, okay, girl, you need to go to therapy. And I looked at the price therapist charge when you don't have insurance or good insurance because my insurance was oh, crap. Yeah. I literally was like, oh, my God. OK, I'm I'm going to have to pay this woman all this money per week. And then I stopped and I said, well, you know what? Because everybody know by now I'm a travel nurse. So I'm like, you know what? You didn't came out of town. You making extra money. Girl, you can afford that change your mindset. And I literally mm-hmm. just had to do that. And girl, I spent a whole year paying out of pocket now i got better insurance i got more financial literacy because even though i am paying more for my insurance on the back end it really is way less than what i even paid for her so i definitely agree mindset is everything diana would you say that there's any specific words of encouragement that you have for our listeners that may have been in your situation or trying to achieve you know that whole mindset and budgeting I always like to leave off saying that you're worthy, but you have to work on accepting that you're worthy. Like a lot of the times we don't accept that we are worthy of financial stability and financial freedom. And so we navigate through the world, managing our money in a way that screams, I'm not worthy. Like I I can't get another job. I can't make more money. I can't do this. You have to first accept that you're worthy. And then once you accept that you're worthy, you're going to start managing your money in a way that aligns with your worthiness. Like, you know that I'm worth 
paying off debt. I'm worth being able to spend my money the way that I want to spend it and not the way that I have to. And so then you're going to stick to the budget. You're going to start sending those extra debt payments because you know that I'm worth more than where I am right now financially. And one thing that was kind of funny when Sierra said she was going to therapy, 95% of my clients were with a therapist. They're like, I'm in therapy. That's because your mindset is going to ooze into every area of your life. And finances is most of the time, number one, but a lot of people don't think of it that way. When you're bored, what do you do? You spend. When you're sad, you spend. When you're happy, you spend. Your spending habits always align with your financial state. And so you have to start thinking greater than your emotions and know that you're worthy. If you know that you're worthy, and you love yourself, you're going to manage your money in a way that shows that. Ooh, Diana, that's a word. A word. That's a whole word right there. They could just skip to right there. Thanks. You are worthy. Let me love tell you, my it. head whipped up so fast. I looked directly at your eyes. I looked you dead in the eyes when you said you have to believe you're worthy. I said, I love that. A word. I love that. Well, Diana, we appreciate you and thank you for, you know, talking to us and our listeners. Plug in again where they can find you, where they can subscribe, yes. where they can get your class. Yes. So you can find me on Instagram at Money Boss Mama. You can get access to my budget spreadsheet and the Money Boss Academy through the link in that bio. And you can also follow me in my life on a budget on my YouTube channel, Diana Marie. Thank you so much for coming on. And friend, I think it's about that time. It's about that time. It's a wrap. It is a wrap. And so if you know how we do, then you already know. Come back to the next podcast and listen to our next show. And we are, we out. Peace out. All right, friend. All right, friend. Let's wrap this episode on up. To those of you who joined us, you're a real one for listening. And we will. Now, wait a minute, friend. I think they should go check out our social media pages. Oh, yes. Don't forget to follow us. Right. So on Facebook or Instagram, you can find us at Pam and Gina Podcast or Twitter, Pam Gina Podcast. Make sure you listen to our other podcast. Uh-huh. And then go tell a friend to tell a friend to tell another friend and their other friend to listen as well. Okay. <laughs> love you, big friend. Love you, big friend. And we love y'all for tuning in with us. Right. So make sure y'all keep on listening to the Pam and Gina podcast. podcast.